0: Today's episode is with J.M. Ryerson, who's an author, a mindset coach, and the host of the Let's Go Win podcast. He's been building companies for over 20 years, and we're talking today, especially if you're an entrepreneur, we're talking today about how to live that life of high performance, that life where you are living your best days. All of that's on today's episode, including how to build a business with the right employees, You can find out more at letsgowin.com. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're talking good advice today. In fact, we're talking about one of my favorite topics. We're going to talk a little leadership and management today. In fact, we're going to talk about how do you get your team to the next level? You may be thinking about how do I take my team, not just from being an average team, but how do I unlock that peak performance for my team so that they're actually really doing what I envision them doing? In fact, we're not going to we're not going to just talk about your team today. We're going to talk about you a little bit today. How do you become that person who you are operating at the highest level? You know, maybe you wake up on a Monday with all of these aspirations and goals and dreams and desires. And then we all know that feeling of getting to Friday and thinking, oh man, if only I could have got done all the things I wanted to get done. If only I could have the habits that help me win on a day to day basis. All of that and more is on today's episode. Sitting down with J.M. Ryerson, who's a mindset coach. He's also the host of the Let's Go Win podcast, available on any podcast platform. They have over 125 episodes. You got to go check that out. He's also the author of the Amazon bestseller, Let's Go Win, The Keys to Living Your Best Life, as well as the Champion's Daily Playbook. He coaches leaders, entrepreneurs, and teams on peak performance and how to live their best lives. His passion is helping others succeed at work, at home, and in life by offering simple tools that provide a work life balance. You know, we love those simple, tangible, practical tools. We're talking about that today. JM, it's so great to have you on the podcast today. Hey, Blake, good to be here, brother. I appreciate you having me. And what an
1: intro. Even before getting to the bio, that was incredible, bro. You have a real (laughs) knack for radio voice or podcast voice, so... Awesome job.
0: That, that's why I do podcasting and not YouTube. So I don't, I don't quite have the face, but I have the voice. I so. wouldn't go that far, brother. I, <laughs> I think
1: you could do both, but certainly that was. Uh, I love what you said, and I can't wait to dive into some of those subjects.
0: Well, you know, and it's, it's. I will say, it's great to have a fellow podcaster on the show. Um, there's something special about someone else out there who, and when I say, when I say a podcast, a fellow podcaster. You know, you have people who will say like, "Oh, yeah, I have a podcast." And you look, and they, you know, their last episode was eight months ago, and they have like four episodes total. Man, the the Let's Go Win podcast you're you're updating this on a multiple times a week basis over 125 episodes. Uh, let's start with this. How did the podcast come about? By the way,
1: such a good question. And I actually, as I rewind back in my head. I don't remember why I started it, if I'm being quite honest. I It was something I always wanted to do. But what's so interesting, uh, it's become almost a selfish endeavor and why I say that. So many good things have come in my life from the podcasting. I don't get to probably meet Blake or some of the various guests that I've had if I don't have the podcast so business relationships friendships right uh just so many great things have come from it so the idea did i actually start off with let's just share some of the tips that you know maybe allow people to not skin their knees as much as i did similar right. to why i wrote the first book for my kids and it's just evolved and developed into something so much more fun i literally I love doing it. I love being a guest. I love being a host. It's just so much fun to share and collaborate with other people because you and I get to talk. I did a podcast with one of my best friends. I've known him 30 years, and I found out details and things about him I never knew. And I thought I knew him better than anyone. And sure enough, because of this platform, I found out other things. Things about them.
0: There's been something incredible about jumping on the microphone with someone else. It's just, it's different. You know, it's it's a different conversation. And I think it's what people like about the good advice podcast is you sit down with someone and it's like this person's real. It's like, oh, I, and and especially we're gonna be talking about business today. You start getting these insights that you're like, okay, that is so tangible. That's so practical to me and it in some ways taking away like the pizzazz of like social media like the very like um curated content and just getting behind a microphone i think that does a lot for people and you for your podcast i mean you started this back in 2020 at the height of covid uh, did covid have something to do with it like were you just trying to get some other content out there during covid you know it wasn't specific to content but it was Fortuitous
1: timing, I guess, which sounds awful because it sucks, man. I'm sorry for everybody that dealt with COVID. (laughs) Right. But the truth is, like, having the time to commit to learning something, I didn't know how to podcast. I didn't even know how to do a microphone or a roadcaster or all the various things that we have to do. Right. And the pandemic allowed me to do that because I went from traveling at least every other week, if not more to I'm, I'm sheltered at home just like everyone else. So it did, uh, that opportunity was seized because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. but I can't, again, it's funny. I should go back and think, but I think <laughs> I was already getting all of the equipment and then boom, March, whatever, 20th of 2020 is like, okay, our, our whole world has just shifted and stopped. I guess I have more time to talk to people. This is my, my
0: forum. Well, let's talk about like the power of consistency because you've you, and this is undoubtedly I'm, I'm I'm sure it's a big part of the work you're doing. You know when you're talking with people about you know how do I actually go win on a daily, on a weekly? I mean we can all we can all relate to um, you know the New Year's resolutions where it's like I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z, and then a month later it's like well crap I didn't do any of that. My wife gives herself a hard time because at the start of every new month, she's like, okay, this month I'm going to do, you know, here's the things I'm going to do. And then, you know, we all just, life gets busy. We peter out. You know, you've done something that, I mean, the podcast is still being updated on a weekly basis, multiple times a week. You also have your Tuesday tune up episode that you've been doing for over a year now. Um, still doing it, and I can think about a little series I've done on my podcast that lasted for like maybe a month, and then I stopped doing it. Let, let's talk about the power of consistency. Like, how have you used consistency and diligence, not just with your podcast, but also in some of the conversations you're having with leaders today? That's yeah, such a good question, and it's it's really interesting timing because this morning I did a Tuesday
1: tune-up. Today being a Tuesday, I don't yeah. know if that's <laughs> will release, but. It was a Tuesday. It's Tuesday morning, and it was on the power of repetition. So this is such an interesting idea.
0: I told you before, before I recorded this. No, yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I, it's just amazing. It's yeah. I don't believe in coincidences, but that's what happened. That's crazy. So yeah, the power of repetition, it is literally... It's so important in anything we do, whether that's learning, whether that's teaching, whether that's speaking. And that was what I talked about with repetition, or I call it actually just making it a part of your lifestyle. For instance, where people typically fail is they get really inspired and I'm going to go lose 30 pounds. And then it's like, like you said, life gets in the way, something happens the lazy bone kicks in. And so instead of having this huge goal, you just say, look, I'm going to go exercise every single day. I'm going to do this every single day. And it's not like a diet or a fad, or even this thing that I have to do for X amount of time. This is just what I do. And uh, I think it was James clear in the power of habit. That was one of his big things is like, Just change the way you talk about it. Say, this is who I am. This is what I do. But it's so interesting. The question that you asked, because I have a professional golfer that I work with and she was missing a bunch of cuts. And then I got to work with her and I had her start doing the champions daily playbook. Well, that's exactly what that's for is just follow these things again and again for 90 days. So I follow up with her after she had started making cuts, started doing, getting some success. I'm like, Hey, how's your champion's daily playbook going? And she's like, Oh no, I stopped that. Everything's going great. (laughs) And I'm just like, no, 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 no. That's when we continue because that allowed you to get there is by doing these simple habits, these daily Things So it's so true, brother. Look, your girlfriend's going to break up with you. You're going to have a flat tire. The dog's going to die. Shit happens. Excuse me. I I don't know if you cuss on yours, but (laughs) stuff happens. And that's when you need to be able to have those reminders, have these things in front of you say, this is just what I do. It's not something that I'm doing for
0: X amount of time. It's just part of my life. Yeah, the power of habit. And I I think of this is such a random example, but I think about like there's a way old Sensodyne commercial, which Sensodyne does not sponsor this podcast. So <laughs> take it for what you will. But it was some commercial where someone's like, Oh, you know, my teeth are hurting again. And like, I think it's like the why for the partner. Someone is like, Well, are you still using your sensodyne? And they're like, Oh, well, no, I'm I it stopped hurting, so I stopped using it. And the person's like, keep using it, it keeps working. And that's like the example of my head of like this this power of habit. it's It's so often that we experience a little bit of success and it's like, oh, well, now I don't need to do like those, that diligent repetition that I had that had actually given me the success in the first place. No, it's so
1: true. And it's quite literally why every single day I have my goals and my daily reminders in my bathroom mirror, because I'm lazy, just like anyone else. I want to sit down and watch whatever Netflix special is going on. Trust me, I do, but Is that really allowing me to achieve the goals I want to in life? No, there's nothing that says if I watch this Netflix special, I'm going to influence a bunch of people to inspire them to live their best lives. That doesn't work that way. I wish it did. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I need to look and say, what am I trying to do today? I Mm -hmm. want to influence X amount of people. I want to write a book. I want to lose X amount of pounds. And the other thing I will say is, break it down to small pieces. So often we have these huge goals. Right, and if right. you try to do it all in one day, yeah, man, it's not going to happen. You're going to be burnout. You're going to not achieve that goal. So you have to break that down into something bite sizable, which is again, in losing weight, instead of saying, I want to lose 30 pounds. If you want to lose 30 pounds in let's say 90 days, what does that look like per day? And you continue to figure out what you have to do on a daily basis.
0: So let's go back to a statement you made earlier on how the podcast kind of came about. You know, it's it's the peak of COVID, and you know you are now we're all we're all sheltered in our homes, and you have this this streak of innovation of like, yeah, I'm gonna do a podcast. Which, by the way, podcasting now is it's continuing to just grow and be a massive um, industry. But I, I think one of the things that you work well in is working with teams and helping them be at the top of their game. You know, We're all coming out of COVID. Many bosses, many people listening to the podcast right now, they've all experienced this. We're like, now their teams are remote. Some of them are coming back to work, but it's like, oh, how do I actually manage these people that aren't in my office? How do I actually keep them on top of their game? Talk to me a little bit about some of the conversations you've been having with teams during COVID is I don't know if it's fair to say post COVID hopefully post COVID I mean what what does that conversation look like Yeah man and
1: again another great question the check-ins are so important so often we will set an expectation or a goal and we're we'll like all right you know pat them on the back go get them tiger and then there's no follow up at all it's like yeah, yeah. you may a month later be like hey did you do it No, 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 no. That's not the way it works. Because if you are managing or leading a team, when you set that expectation, maybe you're giving them something they've never done before. Maybe they need additional support. And especially if you're not in front of them physically, where you can actually put your hands on that project, you need to let them know hey, I'm here for you to support you. In fact, we're going to follow up and check in weekly, not micromanage, but certainly check in and see how your progress is going. I think so often as good as this form is, we lack that human touch and that little bit that I care about what you're doing, who you are. And so we used to have the luxury of being in an office together and I could see you and I could say give Blake a high five or a hug and be like, "Hey man, how's your weekend going? How are you?" and I could check in. Yeah. That got lost a bit in COVID. Then we're all working around all our families. Now the stress level, anxiety is going up, and no one is actually wanting to just say, are you okay? How are you doing, man? Let's talk. And so, so many of my conversations through COVID had far more to do with how's personal life going than it was, how are you doing in business? And the reason for that is if your personal life is all jacked up, how can I expect you to show up as an awesome, awesome employee? It doesn't work that way. That's why we talked about so many health habits during COVID. Hey, man, make sure you're still working out, doing these things, staying active, because again, your mind can go to a real dark place if you forget to get those, you know, hormones going, get some of that testosterone and other things really going. So that was a lot of
0: what we talked about is just how are you doing? You know, what does your life look like? Can I support you in any way, shape or form? It's it's a weird dynamic in the sense of like... it's almost like businesses got so, um, I don't say just like strapped for cash, but there was a lot of panic of like what's going to happen in my industry that that human touch, that human elements, it it's almost like sometimes we get so engaged in the outputs. Like so we think of every employee instead of like a person. It's mm. like what is that person's like dollar value in terms of the output on my p and l, my bottom line, you know what have you. How have you seen like, because I think people listening to the podcast, they get this concept of check-ins. They get this concept of like, yes, I know I should have sort of a, there should be more depth there than just the transaction of, you know, get your work done. But it feels like in today's work culture, there's a lot of suspicion from employees. You know, you've probably heard of the great resignation. We have people who are quitting their jobs in mass we have growing social media communities that are swapping stories of how awful their bosses are. And so I think because people are getting burned or hurt or whatever, there's this suspicion of, you know, my boss checking in on me, is it is it genuine? Is it are they really wanting to see me successful or are they just sort of covering their bases? And the way I kind of think of it is like the boss who dumps a bunch of work on you and then signs the email with let me know if you need anything or let, but you know, you can't really go talk to that person. So help me kind of take that concept during, during this great resignation period. How does a, a leader build those honest, genuine relationships so they can have that dialogue and they can have that real, you know, the person can say, I'm not doing good. And say it and not be fearful about now I'm gonna lose my job. Now I'm gonna get, you know, what have you. Does that that
1: make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. So there's a quote that will always stick with me, and that is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. The moment you forget that, you have lost with your team, with your employees, with anyone that you work with. If you think you can get up there and spout off some facts or how smart, no one really cares unless they truly know that you genuinely care about who they are as a human being, are they fulfilled? Now, they did a recent study and they're showing that 70% of the workforce is currently disengaged. So if 10 people walk by, only three people are really jazzed to be there. That stinks. Now, the number one reason people aren't uh, fulfilled in their job is they don't feel recognized. Literally. So everything we talk about, all these numbers, All uh, you know, making sure you hit your quotas and all that, it always comes back to connecting with another human being on an emotional level. And I call it EPR encourage, praise, and recognize. If you can just say, Hey, Blake, you did such a great job at X, that little recognition for that person that's having a really awful day, or maybe their mom is sick and they're taking care of them, but you said you went out of your way to say, You know what? I really appreciate. Like the way you show up in the world, they will go that extra mile for you, hands down, than if you come in and say, you know, you didn't do so well here, blah, blah, blah. You just have to, and the other rule I would say is give three pieces of solid like praise to your one negative comment. So often bosses will come in, and I say bosses very clearly versus leaders. Bosses will come in and they'll tell you, critique immediately. And the defenses go up, the ears shut down, they don't want to hear anything you have to say. So I always have tried to remember three things to give praise for, and then I might give that critique or criticism and say, how can I do a better job of supporting you? Or even take it a step further and say, I might have let you down and not provided adequate support. How can I do that now? to make sure you have the tools that you need mm-hmm. to achieve your goal or, or project or job or whatever yeah. we're talking about
0: in the moment. I think, Jam, what's weird to me is like the disconnect of leaders or bosses who you, you've explained this concept and they're like, Oh yeah, I do that. You know, and you're in, you talk to them and you're like, which by the way, I love that you referenced uh, this Gallup state of the workplace study. We've talked about it on the podcast before, um, and people who are listening, you can Google the state of the workplace report and it talks all about what JM's referring to in terms of like engagement. It's actually really uh, it's actually a little scary if you manage people to realize that two thirds of them are just watching the clock on, you know, <laughs> when am I done today? But um, the disconnect of where I've even talked to 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 bosses and been like, yeah, you know, you gotta have these honest conversations, you gotta praise them, you gotta encourage them. And they're like, but I do that. And it's almost like, why are you I, I do that? Why are you telling me this? And then the bo- the, the employees are quitting in mass, like, is it is it a lack of self-awareness? like is it because I think of like the leader who's like, oh, yeah, I'm recognizing my people and they're like, I you know, we did a pizza party last month, you know, and like that's that's in their mind. They're like, I'm God's gift to my business because I really recognize them. Why aren't leaders getting this concept?
1: Brother, this is uh, so profound. And literally the best analogy I can give is if I leave an answer, uh, like a voicemail, I think I sound one way. When I hear my voice, I sound completely (laughs) different. This is the same idea for these bosses. They think they are doing X. And I actually do believe they believe to their core that they're doing these things. Unless you ask for feedback and Ray Dalio calls it radical transparency in his company. Unless you ask for feedback, you really don't know how you're showing up in the world. You really no, don't. Wow. It is so difficult because we don't have a mirror in front of us at all times, and I don't know how Blake's feeling right now at this moment. I can try to read what you're feeling. Like, yeah, he's shaking his head, maybe he's with me, but maybe he's like, "Dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. You're crazy." And that is totally you're right. The only way I can know is say, "Hey Blake, how am I showing up to you as as a leader?" Am I showing you the amount of recognition that you feel you deserve? And often that question, and you're giving them permission to say no, and then you can work on it. But so often we want to show up a certain way, especially new leaders. They think they have to look and sound right. and act a certain way. I was the same way. I wore a suit and tie buttoned up all the time. And to those that still do that, cool. But you see me now, I'm in a hoodie and a and a hat because that's me. And so I know how I show up in the world because I ask for feedback and sometimes I'm way off base and it stinks to hear when you're sucking at your job. No one wants to hear it, but wouldn't you rather know you're stinking at your job than not and think you're crushing it all the while your, your employees or your teammates are like, this guy's terrible. I want to at least know I'm terrible so I can fix it.
0: Mm-hmm. what well, how, how does the leader get comfortable with that? I mean, being open to, cause, cause in some ways you kind of feel like as the leader, like I need to have it all together. I need to have like my ducks in a row. And so to open the, open the conversation for an employee to say, yeah, you're really bad at this. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that can be really challenging. Like how, how do I become more comfortable with that in nurturing this open, candid environment? Well, just getting back to what we talked about earlier, it is literally
1: repetition. It's doing it again and again and again. The first time you receive true feedback, and if you ever do self development, you have to do this where you go through a room and everyone will give you feedback. And it is just something you get better at. Cause the first thing you, the visceral response when we are harmed or hurt is to fight or flight. So defensive mechanism goes up. You say, JM, you suck at your job. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, if after I practice feedback, you say, J.M., you're not doing this very well. And I just say, thank you. That's it. I'm not going to respond. I'm going to thank them for them being willing to give the feedback to allow me to get better. So it is a, pr- a learned practice. I'm not saying it's easy, but it is one of the most profound things a leader can do. And again, in, in Let's Go Win, the first chapter of my book is on vulnerability because as a leader, it's the most profound lesson I learned is that I grew my company so much faster. The moment I learned to just be me, mm. to completely show the good, the bad, and the ugly and be like, guys, this is who I am. And guess what? Here's the secret. We all have it. So why try to hide it? Most of the people know anyway. So it is a <laughs> learned practice and just something you got to kind of dive in with.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about your company a little bit. Like, how did how did you get started doing what you're doing? Obviously, you're very knowledgeable. You've had a couple of just incredible sound bites already in today's episode. How how did JM come to be JM? Give us the oh, scoop. Oh man,
1: well, that's a scary question right there, brother. But uh, this is my fourth company uh, that I've built, or I've been fortunate enough to be a part of. This one kind of happened by mistake. I was not sitting there years ago and thinking that I was going to do this. That wasn't the plan. This was actually the path that was probably the one, the hardest path to take, but I just, I wanted to. So that all started writing the book, uh, Let's Go Win For My Boys. I have two boys, they're 15 and 12. And the idea was to write about uh, the lessons I learned from my parents or grandparents or authors or mentors that I've had so that if I get hit by a bus, my kids at least had some (laughs) philosophy of what I believed in. And again, it was all uh, in in hopes that they wouldn't skin their knees as much as I did growing up, because I did a lot of that. And it's just developed into this amazing, I feel so fortunate and blessed every day because I get to work with people to hopefully inspire them to live their best lives. I know that goal will never be reached, never once. And that makes sure that I have to get out of bed, like my hair's on fire and go attack the day, because there's a lot of people that are out there hurting right now. And if my company or your, what you're doing, if we can just do a little bit to make somebody's day that much better, to inspire somebody to show up as their best self, that's, that's what gets me at going, man. So I don't know how I arrived at it. Again, I'm a, a kid from Montana that just Found his way through sales, and then read a whole bunch of books, and then started applying a lot of the psychology and communications to what I do today, and I just love it, man. I, I love helping people.
0: Let's let's piggyback on that comment because a lot of people listen to the podcast there are there is a large group of people who listen to the podcast who are entrepreneurs, they're startup founders, and their ambition for helping people is is absolutely it's there. I mean, their their whole motivation for maybe. I mean, I can't say how many people have written in or gotten on the podcast and said, you know, I left corporate America because I wanted to do something meaningful, you know, on a daily basis instead of like punching numbers or what have you. You know, you're talking about it in in a large way, helping as many people as possible, but you're also running a sustainable business. And I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs listening to the podcast, they think that you almost have to choose one of the two, either you have a very meaningful, um, altruistic-like kind of business that helps people, that impacts people, or you make a lot of money. Help my listeners understand how these things aren't exclusive with one another.
1: I I ask a simple question. What is the value that I bring to the world or that you bring to the world? And then be really quiet with yourself and, and answer it. And by the way, this process can take a long time. So for those entrepreneurs that decided to dive in, hey, man, hopefully you were clear on that. Typically, clarity doesn't come right away. So if you're struggling, and so for instance, I just let go my my most profitable one-on-one client, and it wasn't even close. She paid a lot of money, but it absolutely was tearing away from the value that I could show to other people because it every single day that I worked with her, it was not in alignment. I, the moment that I said no more, what do you know? The universe opened up and more than what she was paying. And then some to where I had to shift my entire marketing and, and it all happened. I don't believe in coincidences. I I told you that, by releasing this negative stuff and allowing the value that I show up to the world by coaching lifestyle coaching, which is, I never like the word life coach, but it just is what it is, man. Um, Once I allowed that to come to fruition, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how much the doors have opened. So a lot of journaling, a lot of meditation, a lot of time on my own to say, what value do I bring to the world? And then how can I
0: bring that? to as many people as humanly possible. It takes guts to say goodbye to a profitable customer, especially when they're, even even when they're not in alignment with what you're doing. So years ago, I learned uh, I had to fire my
1: best, uh, who happened to be my, my brother at the time. He was my best uh, sales guy. And by 10 times anyone else, he was also ruining the culture of the of the sales team at the time. Now that's, look, that was a long time ago. That's, that's not pertinent. And I only tell you that today to give you a reference point. Yes, it's hard, but I had to let go of somebody I loved more than anything in this world. And my sales team took off and far past the what, what we had as a sales unit, like 30% passed within 90 days. And I learned something there that no matter what, you don't compromise your values. If mm. somebody's not in that right frame of mind or is not allowing your team to flourish, it doesn't matter that they are your number one sales guy, number one client, they will drag your culture down. So you have to be willing to let everything go in order to really flourish. And that's a great book by Martin Seligman. If you ever want to geek out on the word flourish, but if you apply this idea of flourishing, you have to let some of that negative stuff go even if it's your most profitable client. You will attract far more in by not having that in your sphere of influence.
0: How did you get comfortable with like the short-term mess? Cuz like cuz I think part of the responsibility of being a great leader are it's like these long-term decisions that they they pay off long-term, but short-term it's like, okay, wow, really you're going to you're going to let go of your most profitable customer, you're going to let go of your best salesperson. Like how how have you as a leader become comfortable with yes, this is scary. Yes, this is messy, but it's the right call for the long-term success of the business.
1: Yeah, another good question, man. You're 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 spot on. So, I have a saying if you're not growing, you are dying. So, if at any point you're like, "Oh, this is really comfortable." Yeah, you should probably look at doing something Hmm. really audacious something that makes you grow and so it just it is something where i you have to learn that in the beginning if it's uncomfortable that's a good thing that means you're getting better if you wake up and you're scared good guess what feel alive feel how good that feels to have the butterflies in your stomach to know that i really have to go out and perform and execute at my very best today that's so much better to me than sitting there and being like, "Oh, hum, yeah, everything's good." Uh, that that I just have no interest in doing that because to me, we're not on this earth that long, so we may as well really enjoy that. <laughs> and that's sure, uh, being a sports guy, I loved when I had those butterflies, whether we were, you know, that was fear or it was, you know, for the the really positive. I love feeling that way. So it's just something as a leader, you've chosen to be a leader. Put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Go fail over and over and over. And I know that's become so cliche, but it's true. If you talk to anyone that you deem successful, I guarantee they have had their, their nose bloodied a few times. They have failed and decided to get back up and decided to get back up again. And so you got to celebrate those failures, man, and, and give yourself a high five for putting yourself out there and then go do it again.
0: It's great advice, and I almost feel like you know today's social media world that's so good at posting about like that final success and doesn't always mention the failures, mm. feels like embracing those failures can be really empowering to all of us in this business community. Um, Jm, we're we're out of time. Tell me what what is next for you, by the way? What are you working on now?
1: Yeah. It's a, uh, I am working on the third book. My wife does not want to hear that. So hopefully she <laughs> doesn't necessarily listen to the entire episode. Uh, but it is the next book. I'm really excited about it. Uh, some of the things that I've I've taught on. So for instance, the word change, I have switched that to another word because change is scary to people mm-hmm. and I don't want to scare people. Look, I just want them to get better. So I'm working on that next book, brother. I'm really excited about it. And then just continuing this, man, to to grow the Let's Go Win movement. I believe in what it can do for people.
0: So we're just continuing that. And and, uh, yeah, I just uh, appreciate you having me on, bro. Yeah. And for people who are listening who want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Perfect. Yeah. Let's Go Win 365 on any social media platform or just go to letsgowin.com. There's actually a free assessment on there, Work-Life Balance. Take it, you guys. I do it once a month to check in myself, and I'd love to hear from you. So uh, any of those places, you can find me, and and I hope to hear from some of the audience.
0: Mm-hmm. J.M., it's been great having you on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. You do a great job. Keep it up. Thanks, man. Hey, for our listeners, I'm going to put the link to letsgowin.com. It's going to be down in the episode description below. And again, you can check out more from J.M. via any social media platform, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, the handle is let's go win three, six, five. And I also put a couple other handles for those other platforms down in the episode description. Hey, by the way, if you've listened to this episode and you enjoy the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button, click the follow buttons. So you can keep getting good advice wherever you are. And don't forget, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so at our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash good advice, where hey, you can buy me a cup of coffee and I'll raise a glass to you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And that's today's good advice. We'll catch you later. See ya.